Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 2018, How Complaining Keeps Us Stuck in Relationships That Don't Work, by Zachary Goodson with tinybuddha.com. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year and welcome to ORD in 2024. I'm your host and narrator, Greg Audino. Very grateful to be starting another year with you, a year that I hope will be full of a lot of relationship growth and wisdom and confidence for each of us. And if you're listening in real time, you are certainly starting off on the right foot. So to begin this year, today I will share a post from the ever-popular Tiny Buddha blog, this one all about how complaining and a lack of gratitude can keep us stuck in a cycle of unhealthy relationships. So let's get into it now and start optimizing your life. How Complaining Keeps Us Stuck in Relationships That Don't Work by Zachary Goodson with tinybuddha.com. Quote, As I began to love myself, I found that anguish and emotional suffering are only warning signs that I was living against my own truth. That's by Charlie Chaplin. When I was eight years old, my father burst into my room in the middle of the night, high on something, and threw my dresser drawers all over the place. Stop your crying, he screamed. Stop your crying. There was a crazy man in my room, and I was terrified. Now clean up this mess. I was shaking. What on earth could I have possibly done to deserve this? With a slam of the door, he was gone. For years, my father annihilated me like this. He shamed me in public and raged at me behind closed doors. He was emotionally abusive and sometimes physical, too. He taught me to believe that everyone was out to get me, and that everything was my fault. He taught me to believe that I was a worthless piece of you-know-what, and that I didn't deserve any better. Seriously, how else is an eight-year-old supposed to interpret this kind of adult behavior? Raise of the hand, Excuse me, Dad, but what you're doing is messing me up for the long run. I was a kid. I assumed I was getting the parenting and love I deserved. Growing up, I took what my father taught me out into the world and perfected it. The first girlfriend I ever had cheated on me with another man, yet I stayed with her, because I thought I didn't deserve any better. My best thinking at the time told me that nobody else would ever love me, so I stayed and allowed her to treat me badly. I lived in a one-bedroom apartment for four years, even though every time I needed something fixed, the landlord would yell at me. She would yell at me as if I was the problem. Yet I stayed and paid my rent each and every month on time. I had no self-esteem and allowed her to treat me poorly. 
You see my pattern? I stay in and return to painful, destructive relationships. In fact, I'm in one right now. I've stayed in the same painful relationship for the past 13 years. It's a relationship that no longer works for me. Yet I keep going back to it, as if one day, magically, things will change. Shake of the head. Things never change. I've been yelled at, threatened, and taken advantage of. I'm undervalued, underappreciated, and constantly miserable. Take, take, take. That's all the other side does. Each day leaves me emotionally drained, mentally distraught, and in a foul mood. It's obviously an unhealthy relationship. Yet I stay. Because my stinking thinking tells me I don't deserve anything better. I'm talking about my job. I hate my job. Okay, maybe hate is a little over the top. Let's just say I don't like my job. Yet, each day, I get up, shower, put on my uniform, and return. Voluntarily, mind you. And that makes me sad. Sad because by staying, I'm allowing myself to be that scared little eight-year-old all over again. By staying, I'm telling myself that I'm not good enough and that I don't deserve anything better. I'm parenting myself the same way I was parented by my father. I should have left my first girlfriend when she cheated on me, but I didn't know how to take care of myself then, so I stayed. A healthy person with healthy boundaries would have been out of there. I wasn't healthy. I should have told my landlord that it wasn't okay to yell at me, but I didn't, and I stayed. I didn't have the tools to stand up for myself, and therefore allowed her to bully me. We do this, don't we? We stay in and or return to painful, destructive relationships when we deserve so much more. We do this with family members, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, and yes, we even do this with jobs. But why? What is the payoff for staying? Trust me, there's always a payoff. For me, it's about sympathy, which fuels my low self-esteem. If I complain loudly enough, someone will ultimately sympathize with me which in return validates my pain. Look at me, I'm a victim. Trust me when I tell you, I complain a lot. I complain at the bank, while driving in my car, at work, at the movies, at home, on vacation, at the grocery store, and so on. All so I can validate my childhood belief that I don't deserve any better. In the process, I've created a reality that coincides with my thoughts. A reality that looks a lot like my childhood. Ugh deep sigh. I'm tired of being a victim. It's exhausting, and it's gotten me nowhere. Folks, this isn't about my job, or a past girlfriend, or landlord. This is about me. It's about me not being a victim anymore, and learning to love myself in return. When my emotional suffering goes away, I'll have the strength to walk away from things that aren't serving me, instead of complaining. If I stop complaining, what am I left with? Me. Just me. And that right there is the gift. Getting a chance to be with just me. To love and affirm me. Talk about an amazing opportunity for growth. If I'm working at being the best me I can possibly be, I'm doing myself a disservice by wasting time complaining. We all are. Complaining doesn't change anything. It keeps us stuck, victimized, repeating old patterns, and unable to change them. The alternative? Take responsibility for our part, 
forgive ourselves for the patterns we've perpetuated, treat ourselves with the love and respect we know we deserve, and begin to make positive changes in our lives. So, what's my next right action? Well, just for today, I'm going to see if I can go 24 hours without complaining. And at the very least, stop or catch myself if I start to. I'm also going to be grateful for what I have in my life, which is a lot. Gratitude list, here I come. I deserve the good stuff. We all do. You just listened to the post titled, How Complaining Keeps Us Stuck in Relationships That Don't Work, by Zachary Goodson with tinybuddha.com. And thanks a lot to Zachary for this one. His, uh, his journey of self-discovery and realization that he was trapped in painful, destructive relationships because of his low self-esteem, I think that's something that many people can relate to, particularly listeners of this podcast, I would think. Surely past relationship struggles is one of the biggest reasons we're likely to be here, myself included. And to me, one of the most helpful points in the article is the idea that loving oneself is the key to breaking free from these patterns. So Zachary's experiences with his father, with his girlfriend, and his landlord, they all reflect that common theme. He allowed mistreatment because he believed he didn't deserve better. And this is something, again, many of us struggle with, whether it's our first time or episode 2018th time listening to this show. (laughs) But he shows us in his writing that self-love is not about being selfish, right? but rather valuing oneself enough to set healthy boundaries and make positive choices. And that might sound simple, it might sound like something we've talked about a lot, but when self-love is foreign to us, it's very easy to mistake good boundaries for selfishness. So I encourage you to think about that today. What boundaries are you maybe tempted to set, and is a feeling of selfishness preventing you from doing so? And if so, might gratitude be a practical step towards self-improvement? as it looks to be for Zachary. So reflect on that, folks. It's time to get going for today, but I thank you so much for being here and starting the new year off right with us. You are one for one on doing something good for your relationships each day this year. I hope you keep it up and join us tomorrow for more. That's where your optimal life awaits.